0: If you're looking for best practices for your bank or credit union, join us while we talk all things sales, marketing, and strategy for financial institutions. Let's make it happen with FIGRO Solutions. Hi there. I'm Meredith Olmstead, CEO and founder of FIGRO Solutions, and we are an inbound marketing and sales agency, and we work exclusively with banks and credit unions. And I am here with one of our inbound marketing specialists, but she's also like our social media guru for many of our clients. Her name is Sophia Bawani. Say Say hi, Sophie. Hi, guys. So Sophie and I were just having a chat about um, a weird topic that has come up recently around a couple of different clients. And also it came up after a conference that I went to for MAC, the marketing association of credit unions here in North America. And it's about the difference between brand ambassadors and social media influencers or brand influencers. So um, we've been talking about this like, because we have some clients that are using brand ambassadors, but we also have some clients who are in more interested in looking at relationships with influencers. And I was like, wait, what's the difference? So Sophie was explaining this to me and I was like, wait a minute, let's hit record and talk about this for our audience. So Sophie, like in a nutshell what's the difference between a brand ambassador like that a credit union or a bank would use versus like a brand influencer or a social media influencer that, a, that a, a credit union might use?
1: Yeah, so they're very, it gets confusing. So we do like to kind of distinguish between the two. A brand ambassador, think of them as an extension of the brand that they're working with. They might be with internal, they're basically going out there, representing whatever brand they're working with, building their name, their trust, and they're working for that brand. A brand influencer is someone who kind of is a brand on their own. So when they work with a credit union or a bank, they're coming in as a partner for a short-term campaign, giving you deliverables, and then they kind of move on.
0: Okay. So um, the idea here then is that a brand ambassador might be like a full-time employee or yes. like a few full-time employees like i've seen where they'll they might use a few different team members as brand ambassadors or like A mortgage lender who's really established in the community might be a kind of mortgage brand ambassador, if you will, versus an influencer who might not be connected officially in any like employment capacity with the institution, but has like an existing audience that they've cultivated and built trust with, basically. So... Why do you, why are there both? Why would you maybe need both or want a relationship with either of these kinds of people?
1: There's a space in the market for both. There's a, okay. there's a value that both bring to the table. A brand ambassador is absolutely wonderful for building brand loyalty, getting out in the community. They're your cheerleader and they're doing it because they genuinely love and have used your products. So when they give a message, it's a message of authenticity and they're part of the community. An influencer, you want to use an influencer when you want to get out there to a million people. They have their loyalty, they have their tribe, and you're accessing their following. So they might not have ever used your product, but because you want their target market or their inbuilt loyalty, you will partner with them. And then they'll get familiar with your product, either through demonstration or, you know, web webinars. We've discussed this before. And then they do your deliverable But they're not necessarily going to be the most diehard, loyal, long-term fan. It's a contract for them. It's employment. Once it's done, you can extend or move on, whereas an ambassador kind of is invested a little more.
0: And the funny thing about this is that the brand ambassador, people might be a little bit less trusting of them in some ways because they know they're officially probably employed by your institution, your brand, right? but a influencer might actually come in with a little more trust built in their audience because their audience has voluntarily followed them because they're funny or they're interesting or they give great advice or they you know are good at investing or whatever it is and then they can say hey you guys you trust me because i give you great advice about a lot of things check out this financial institution and they can tell a story around applying for an auto loan or you know, transferring some high high interest debt to a lower interest um, personal loan or credit card or something like that. So it's weird how you think of that, but like really the influencers sometimes almost have a little more influence because of that. Um, all right, cool. So if you're going to try to have one or both of these, because we've seen, um, we have a number of clients who have brand ambassadors. So let's mm-hmm. talk about brand ambassadors. These are like and full-time employees who are out there on social and in the community acting on behalf of the brand, what are some of the things that you need to include from a contract standpoint or just an expectation standpoint with that kind of a relationship?
1: So I really love that you said that they might not have as big of a reach because they're a little more local, they're a little more homegrown. So I think going in and managing your expectations and understanding your brand ambassador loves your brand and that's great, but they might not have that net that you might get with an influencer. So understanding that your reach might not be as great. Also, first and foremost, making sure you own your content. There's nothing worse than having a brand ambassador that does a fabulous job and then they move on or they change companies. And now they've taken all of that hard earned collateral and all those deliverables with them. So please make sure any financial institution in your contract, all of the deliverables, the images, videos, you own it so that you can use it. Cause it's evergreen content. If it's good, well made content, you can use it for a long time. Yeah.
0: And honestly, if it's useful, informative, trustworthy, even if that brand ambassador moves on down the road, and they probably will, you know, because most employees do, you can still, per, you know, repurpose that content. That content still should be able to stand alone. So, however you structure, That what they're doing, what they're sharing, make sure you have it in a way that is independent from their like personal name. You know, like if they're going to start. So for example, if you want a brand ambassador who's going to try to reach out to young people, maybe they were went to a university locally and now they're working for your institution and you want them to have their own Instagram. That's fine, but don't put their name on that Instagram. Name it something that the, that the bank or credit union can then hold on to into the future, even if you bring other Brand ambassadors into the mix. Um, Yeah, lifetime right for content. Make sure you really have a detailed list of what they're going to do for you and how long that's going to last or um, the regularity of some of that posting. And that's the same with influencers. So, how does a contract with an influencer work or how's it different from a brand ambassador?
1: So, it depends on how big your influencer is. If you have a most Credit unions will have micro influencers to medium size. They're not going for Kris Jenner or Kim Kardashian, yeah, because each post would cost you a million dollars. And that post, so an influencer will have terms if they've done this before. They'll tell you how long the post will live on their their profile page. It might not be there forever, and they'll charge you based on if they're doing a, a a reel, if they're doing stories, whatever whatever are deliverables in their contract. It's basically an itemized. Um, list of cost. And then we can tell them, this needs to live on your Instagram or your social media for a certain amount of time. Once that time expires, they're allowed to archive the content. We can also write into a contract the rights to that information. Whereas if we have the rights, the credit union can then repost it on their personal page and take it off of the influencers. Um, It also, you can also put non-competes for a certain amount of time. If you want them to not partner with another credit union, or if you're promoting a credit card, maybe you don't want them doing another credit card. So you can add all of that in. Just know that with an influencer, everything comes at a cost. There's a price tag attached to all these finite details, depending on how big they are. Okay. Also credit union, another thing that a lot of people need to understand is influencers don't say yes to everything. A good influencer will say no if something doesn't align with their brand. So. Please don't think that an influencer isn't going to be invested in your, you're not just a product for them. They need to believe in it and it needs to resonate with their audience because they will say, no, we've had yeah. influencers say, yeah, we're going to pass. This doesn't suit our, cause they're also a brand. So they're right. going to look at building, whereas a brand ambassador is a little more, they're more open to doing things because they're already invested.
0: Yeah. So the last thing then is how do you show, um, you know, success? How do you measure the, I mean, this is really like kind of out there stuff. You know, somebody's talking about you guys and trying to influence people, you know, to go to a website or go to an application or what, you know, consider a, a like complicated financial product or service. So, how do you measure the success? So, let's talk about first, like a brand ambassador internally. Um, over time, what would you like to see happening to measure success of that role?
1: conventionally brand ambassadors, the easiest way is to see sales generated because when they're going out in the community, normally there's a coupon or there's something that they're giving whoever they're interacting with and that we're able to track that. So okay. that's kind of the
0: easiest, most basic way. And so then like for- a QR code or yes. trackable link of some kind that really drives in new leads, yes. new applications, new accounts kind of thing. Yes. Okay. And so the good thing is with uh,
1: influencers, now most platforms have links that you can add. So if you create an affiliate marketing link, even if you're not selling something, that can also work as a trackable, clickable CTA where we can see how many people clicked on it, how many people went through the process. Mm -hmm. But traditionally for influencers, they're normally working with you know, if it's makeup or something, then there's an affiliate marketing link, gotcha. and they're able to track how many people clicked and went through to gotcha. sale with that link.
0: So in inf- so in some circumstances, you can track conversions really clearly with an influencer. But with more complicated products like financial products and services, you also want to make sure that um, it's not your the purpose of your work with the influencer isn't just solely around conversions. But it's also around awareness of your brand, right? So you want to be pushing out into their new audience. You want to be driving some increased impressions, new traffic to your website, all those kinds of things. Because it's not like you're buying a lip gloss. You know, you might be getting an auto loan. And that is much more complicated than than buying an eight dollar lip gloss with an affiliate link. So absolutely think it's important to make sure you adjust your expectations and recognize, you know, what some things you can easily track and others. You might not be able to see a straight line from from A to Z, you know, to start to finish because there's so many other places they have to go but some general, some brand awareness around that influencer. All right, cool. Well, it's so funny. I would have never thought there was so much difference between the two, but this makes a lot of sense. I'm glad that we had this conversation. Um, Thank you so much, Sophie. I appreciate your time. Um, If you guys want to learn more about social media or any other kind of digital marketing, please visit us at FIGRO.com. We have lots of great podcasts and blogs. We have eBooks and we actually just added a couple of webinars to our website. So lots of great information there. Um, So but in the meantime, let's just all get out there and make it happen.